to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back, beautiful singles, to Hashtag Single. Jeanette here. Welcome to your second episode of 2022. Listen, while this episode would normally be featuring a badass single lady guest and her delightful sidekick known as the voice of the patriarchy, if you have been following along, I have been struggling a little bit to get some single dudes to come onto the podcast and represent. So while I do have some killer uh, lady guests that are ready to come onto the podcast any moment and chat it out with me, I do do want to stay true to the original intention of the podcast, which was to share the conversation across the aisle, if you will, and always get two sides of the topic at hand. So until some strong single men show up, I've decided to shake things up with something new uh, and different for 2022 which I'm sure we could all use, <laughs> feeling like it has just been the last two years on repeat here. Um, so as I'm sure you're aware, there are a ton of podcasts talking about dating and relationships. And rather than competing for space, because there is space for everyone, we do not subscribe to scarcity mindset because we're badass empowered women who get shit done. I thought that it would be cool to invite some other people, other podcast hosts on Tashtag Single to find out what their hot topics are, what inspires them, and see if we can learn something from one another. And with that, it is my pure delight to introduce you to Lily Womble, who is a dating coach, speaker, former matchmaker, but most importantly, CEO and founder of Date Brazen, which is a professional coaching company and community for singles looking to date. In February 2020, Lily started the Date Brazen podcast in conjunction with her coaching services. And the podcast is meant as a space where Lily brings weekly strategies and coaching to those looking for a clearer path to quote unquote, the best relationship of their life. Lily, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So glad to be here. I love the sharing of the mic. It's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad to connect virtually. Listen, that is a t I'm sorry to quote you on the, your motto. The best relationship of my life, not for nothing, as far as hashtag single goes, we know that the best relationship of our lives is with ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, I love the idea of looking for the quote unquote best relationship of their life and coaching towards that goal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, maybe the second best relationship of your life <laughs> well i think that uh like all of the tools that that make you a better friend to yourself and make you feel more uh full of agency which you are and make you feel more self-trust filled um also lead to more deeply fulfilling romantic relationships as well so i think the work on, it's a both and right like the work on yourself directly relates to the type of friendships you have the type of relationships you have your fam with your family and the type of romance that you can be in a hundred percent oh my god i knew this episode was going to be phenomenal because you and i are like in the same wavelength 
Lily's podcast, guys, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, if you're not familiar with Date Brazen, she specifically talks about, in your intro, you always talk about how you're feminist leading in your approach to dating and in your, mm-hmm. your strategies behind dating, leading with this idea. And I think hashtag single is very much in the same page, like me first. And when we work and we solidify the personal self first, we are mm-hmm. then able to show up stronger for other people. Yeah, absolutely. Being an intersectional feminist is like is at the core of every single value that we have at Date Brazen, every single coaching cohort that we begin, um, because the work gets to be deeper when we create a safe and brave space for women to show up as their full selves. And when those women are affirming of other women's full selves. Um, and so I think that the, the dating world specifically, like when I was a matchmaker, it was full of such it is full of such patriarchal conventional Mm. reductive bullshit like are you sure you can trust what you want are you sure you're not being too picky why don't you just play the numbers game like why don't you just download another app why don't you just fill in the blank which that advice like it was given to me by people who love me but what they didn't know was that that advice at its core is telling people women specifically like exhaust yourself don't trust yourself uh, you don't know what you really want. Why don't you just settle so that you can be more valuable in the eyes of society? And so being from the deep South, I, f- I fully reject that narrative. And so I, I created Date Brazen to be a safe haven for women to show up authentically fully and learn how to attract more from that place. I, I love that. I obviously everything about that, like you say often in your podcast, we come from a scarcity mindset. It is a patriarchal structure of like, we don't know your value unless you are tied to a relationship or a partnership and you are like trying to reject that and also trying to find ourselves and our freedom in this, (laughs) this really sort of like post-feminist, really intense, overwhelming space of online dating. So I appreciate what you're, what you're for and everything you say very much uh, in line with what we talk about. I love that you're also a dating coach because I feel like I'm getting a double whammy here on the podcast. This is, like, <laughs> this is, this is fantastic. Um, but let's start with your podcast. So talk to me about your journey to the podcast. You already had Date Brazen started. You had a successful yeah. coaching company. What made you decide to start a podcast right before the pandemic? Well, I was encouraged by like a coach of mine to put my ideas out there more. And I thought it was one of those things where I thought I was already. I was like, I email people once a week. I show up on Instagram. Why do I need to start a podcast? Everybody fucking has a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I don't want to start a podcast. What is the, I don't want to, da, 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 whatever. What I didn't realize is that I love, I forgot how much I love talking on mic. My mom is, um, a a professional voiceover talent. And so from the age of five, I know crazy. So from the age of five, I was in front of a microphone. Like she got me in the booth and like I had professional voiceover gigs when I was five. And uh, so I had forgotten that the mic is, and I'm a performer. I originally moved to New York city to pursue musical theater and then as a musical theater performer struggling in so many lines at like 4 a.m., I found a job as a matchmaker at a national firm, and that's when I pivoted to working in the dating space. So I had sort of was I was looking for ways to bring my authentic love of performing to 
my business and the podcast, when I got in front of the mic, I was like, oh, this is, this feels like home. It's my this jam. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I love it because I love, I also love that I've been able to cultivate a space where I can just be super vulnerable and real and share my many hot takes on mic and my clients and uh, their friends and then people that I don't even know or I'm not even connected to get to enjoy and like dip their toe in and agree with me, disagree with me, like noodle on some new ideas with me. Um, Because ultimately what I really want to do is disrupt the way that people, specifically women, disrupt the way that they think dating has to be, which is like this this conventional narrative that dating has to suck, because I actually know and believe down to my core that dating, it's a microcosm of every hope, joy, dream, fear, insecurity, desire that we have as humans. And mm. as such, the way that we date deeply matters to our overall well-being. And so if you think about dating as an extension of your well-being, if you're feeling like it's sucking, if you believe that dating has to suck, then you're negating your power to change your circumstances or change your approach, change your orientation to the dating world so that it feels like an act of self-care, like an act of future self-care, taking care of the future you who uh, wants to create this big, beautiful life. Uh, That's so powerful. First of all, I just want to commend and compliment you on the fact that not only do you publish once a week, you have like what, 92 episodes right now, (laughs) but that you deliver each episode just by yourself, meaning you're not interviewing anyone. I mean, occasionally, but very few people can do that and do that well. Uh, I certainly couldn't just get on here and talk clearly and coherently for 30 minutes straight by myself. I'm sure it would just sound like the ramblings of a mad woman, but you do it so eloquently. And I, I really, it was, it was so, this is corny, but it was really comforting and relaxing to listen to you like it really did feel like you're like oh this woman understands why dating is such a mind fuck yeah and this makes me feel like it's going to be okay oh Jeanette thank you so much for saying that that really does mean a lot and and I I still you know I I'm a recovering perfectionist all the way. And so if I told you that this process of like putting out this podcast weekly was like easy for me, I would be lying because in the beginning I was working through, is this good enough? Is this good enough? And now Mm. I I've gotten to the point where progress is better than perfection. (laughs) And a lot of, you know, if you go into the archives of this podcast, there are 10 minute episodes of me just being like, Hey, wanted to check in which which is so great one tiny thought and i'm out you know yes no but i i was surprised a little bit i was like i thought maybe i like messed it up i was like oh this is only like 10 minutes long but i love that you're just like because yes like i'm an over preparer as well i love that you have a theater background as do i as do a lot of my guests um it's sort of i think like the sort of they're very tangential and the the worlds overlap but Mm -hmm. yes done is better than perfect is one of my favorite mantras from my coach and I think, well, we're executing a show, right? So yeah. the producer and me, the performer, you has that instinct of like, oh, well, if I'm going to present, I don't want it to look sloppy. I don't want it yeah. to look bad. I don't want it to look unprofessional when like, gosh, it's like at the end of the day, one of my favorite Pilates teachers at the, after every class, he would say, it's just gym class, you guys. Uh-huh. And it's I just, not that I deep love that. in the words of Cody Rigsby. It's, it's just not gym that class. deep, boo. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right. For sure. Like, it's just a podcast. It's just people fucking talking. And I think about when I was pursuing musical theater, and I, look, I still have dreams. Do I, I still have big old dreams of like brazen becomes big enough to where I can be like, I'm going to 
be a na- like Colleen Ballinger, like going into waitress. I'm like, it could happen. It could happen in 10 years where I get to just do the damn thing. Your personality. This. Yes. Right. Oh my God. You know, because my ultimate dream for date brazen is for um the book i've written a book proposal we're shopping it around like for the the and then i hope that that become i want that and it will become like i want to show like queer eye but for dating like the date brazen show so that we can illuminate these steps that women that people can take to build a dating life on their own terms that that leads to extraordinary extraordinary within your own self within your own body for yourself and attracting extraordinary so Anyway, all the plans are in the works, but one of the things that I say all the time is what is meant for you will not pass you by, right? And uh, that, that, that statement was so powerful for me and changed my life. And I, I found it in a dance class because I didn't, I'm not a dancer. I was trying to be in musical theater. I couldn't do a pirouette. Like I couldn't do a single. And uh, I signed up for this dance class called Fearless Movers or something. And it was like a weekly thing and you went in and it was really made things more approachable. But these teachers who were on Broadway, you know, teaching us saying like, what is meant for you will not pass you by and not really being able to fully own that yet, not being able to really fully believe that yet. But now, you know, five years later, I can look back and say, wow, like that is so dang true. That thing that was on a mirror in a dance class that I took Mm -hmm. now is guiding me to build this business and now gets to be the advice that I give women in their dating journeys who feel so hopeless. And what I love about this statement, what is meant for you will not pass you by is that I, you don't have to believe it right now for it still to be true. Mm. And so like, if that feels, cause sometimes it can feel heavy to try to believe that what is meant for you will not pass you or by. Or like a platitude almost. Right. You and know, kind so, of like it yeah. gets better sometimes just feels like a bandaid instead of something that you can absorb and feel in your soul. Well, I you think know? that it's, it's not where the advice stops, by the way. It's just, it's just like a, a sort of what I believe to be a blanket truth that we're like, we're laying that if we were at a campfire, mm-hmm. if I had a quilt, the quilt would be what is meant for you to let pass you by. Let's sit down and do the work together. Ooh, I love that visual. That's beautiful. And I'll believe it for you until you can believe it for yourself. Like I will happily hold this belief for you until it feels accessible to you. See, that's, that's what, what I was talking about, like long. listening. When you say things like that, like I just feel like I'm so like you're reaching across the airwaves, <laughs> like a nice virtual hug. And you're like, girl, it's shitty now, but you, I got you. Right, it's going to be right. okay. There's a vision. There's a vision. <laughs> it's one of the best gifts of this it's work so is nice. I, get to, I get to lay out this big, bold vision. And then women get to live into whatever their version of that vision is for themselves. You know, that's beautiful. What were you hoping like to achieve when you first started and has that changed at all? The podcast or the, okay. Yeah. Um, beep, warp, beep, warp. I feel like I started out thinking that I wanted to change the dating industry. Ooh. Okay. And that was sort of my big, deep why at one point. And uh, then I realized that I was much less interested in changing the dating industry. Like Bumble and Tinder and Match are going to do their thing. They are businesses at the end of the day that created deeply flawed platforms that Mm. now my deep why is that I want women to feel 
I want women to be so full of themselves and full of their own agency that they know how to approach their dating lives from a place of, I trust myself. I've got this no matter what. And that informs every decision that they make in their, in their lives and in their dating lives specifically. So it's, I I love that we've pivoted away from trying to control something that is deeply without like completely out of our control, which is the dating industry, which is a, you know, again, a flawed place. Mm -hmm. And the focus is now fully on how can you lean into your own power and how can you change your own life with these tools that I've picked up along my journey? That's wow. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> what a beautiful arc. <laughs> I would pick yeah. the end of that story rather than the beginning for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the ABC, right? Like we're, 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 we're in a movie and we're just getting to the end of the movie <laughs> where we all feel amazing. She's gonna make it after all. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God. So let's get into some episodes and some themes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guide me, Jeanette. Guide me. (laughs) This we're we're reinventing this. I don't, this is my first time interviewing someone who does what I do. So it's a little meta, you know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, we're just feeling it out. We're figuring it out as we go, but I thought it'd be fun to sort of, um, talk about, yeah, like, as much as I want to talk to you about date, date brazen and your company, I'm going to kind of resist my instincts and really kind of talk about and highlight your podcast. So, okay. But they're conjunctural. Yeah. It's, um, it's always a both and, right? It's always a both and. Like yes. my business and my podcast are inextricably linked. Yes, my my yes. program, the brazen breakthrough and the podcast are inextricably linked, you know? So it's, it's all good. Cool. So like I said, one of my favorite things, and this is sort of circling back to something you already touched on, but is that you advocate that women are the best matchmakers for themselves, which I wholeheartedly agree in, but more specifically that dating is an act of of self-care. So I wanted uh, to to talk to you more about the concept of, and I love this, this phrasing or this ideology of protecting your heart time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think sort of backing up for a second, it's important to make the distinction between self-soothing and self-care. And I think that this is some, this is not my original concept. I I don't remember where I got it, but and I want to say that like self-soothing is when you're in a place and you need soothing. It is the bubble bath. It is the face mask. It is the turn your computer off and just like feel good in this moment. It's the brownies I just bought myself because some Love. guy told me that he was dating someone else and didn't want to meet me anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I those brownies were good. Sucks. Do not feel bad. No, I think the brownies are good. I hate <laughs> that that happened to you. Uh, and I, I also think like, self-care gets to be taking care of your future self, right? Going on the walk outside, even if you don't want to, I like yesterday, it was like, I know that I'll feel better after 10 minutes of yoga. I know I'll feel better. So I'm going to do it, even though everything in my body is screaming like, no, don't want to get up (laughs) off the couch, right? It's not, that was not self-soothing in the moment. It was self-care. And so self-care gets to also be caring for your future self in the, in the way that like, okay, if you desire something, if you desire a partnership that is, that is deeply fulfilling and equal and soul quenching and supportive and fun and joyful and frothy and whatever you want, like a way to take care of your future self, because you have that desire now, a way to take care of your future self is to figure out how to date on your own terms, how to date as an act of self-care. So it's, it's levels, right? It's like, how do I 
create a dating life that feels good in this moment that is on my terms? And then how do I also, you know, keep my bigger desire in mind and honor my desire for more with empowered, aligned action taking? So uh, an example of empowered, aligned action taking to honor your desire for more is to honor your heart time. So I define heart time as anytime you're thinking, talking, doing, dating. Because dating, as I mentioned earlier, is a microcosm of every hope, joy, dream, fear, insecurity, desire that we have. It's complicated. It's inherently vulnerable. It's inherently risky. It requires an immense amount of energy to put yourself out there. And a lot of time, many times, you know, why we see so much burnout in dating, people aren't paying attention to their nervous system as they are dating. Mm. And so they brush past or push past cognitive overload right? When your brain's higher functioning shuts down because you have too many options or too many triggers. And then you make choices that are less aligned with your deeper power because you're in cognitive overload. Your higher functioning is shut down. Your literal higher functioning in your brain is shut down because you are not allowing yourself to rest. And Mm -hmm. so honoring your heart time can look like a lot of things. Mostly it looks like boundaries. It looks like only swiping for 20 minutes a day if you are swiping because your brain and and that gets to be plus or minus however much because your everybody's brain is very different you know it can look like asking for exactly what you want on a date it can look like leaving a date when you're not feeling it mm. it can look like choosing to honor your time so you go on a virtual date before every first in person date you know, it, it can, it looks like basically honoring your heart time is creating a dating life on your own terms, full of juicy boundaries. Um, that also applies to how you talk about your dating life. So, so many single people that I come into contact with and work with are stuck in a negative conversation about their dating lives. Yeah. And I think that it's important for people to vent, right? It's important for you to feel your feelings. It's important for you to recognize what sucks about this present moment and verbalize it. Like, don't, don't hold it back. Both. And the, the issue comes in when you're in a constant negative feedback loop, right? I think negative thoughts about what is possible in my dating life. I say negative things about what's possible. I complain with my friends ad nauseum. Then I continue to attract experiences that it's confirmation bias, If you're looking for something to confirm that your dating life sucks, it's all hopeless. Nothing is going to ever get better. Then you've got to find evidence to support that. So protecting your heart time also looks like how can you indulge in a little more neutrality or even positivity when that feels accessible and true for you? Um, So not toxic positivity, like forcing yourself to think positively or any sort of thing like that. Like how can you maybe even come to a neutral place where like instead of my dating life is a dumpster fire, what about I have a dating life, right? Like no, go right. up the no ladder around that. Right. right. Exactly. Just like, and, and what if that was true? I have a dating life. What, what is true about me? I make change happen in my career. I can make change happen in my love life, right? Like there are so many ways to bring your brain into a more hospitable space in your dating life. Cause like 90, you know, I would say 80% of what I do with my clients is working on their thoughts about Mm. their dating lives. And then also then processing the feelings associated with the thoughts so that your body can process and move through some of the hard stuff. So all of this is protecting your heart time. Like it really matters. It's it's so beautiful and it's so necessary. And I don't think people really understand how 
important it is. I was actually thinking of you. Well, you've been in my head all weekend because I've been listening to your episodes. And this isn't the exact interpretation of what you're talking about, but you popped in my head yesterday and I just want to share it with you. (laughs) It's been a great January. The second guy that I had gone on two dates with him and was trying to schedule a third date with him, he canceled once. He ghosted slash disappeared twice. And on the third one, he canceled because someone he knew had tested positive for COVID. So while it was valid, I was feeling very frustrated and I could feel my walls coming up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do because I was like, everything about me is saying like, no, this person doesn't respect your time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I was like, I have no other leads right now I'm not talking to anybody I don't have any other dates that other guy you know that happened and so when I was thinking about protecting my heart time it was Mm -hmm. really about the emotional energy of setting up a date having an expectation there will be a date getting let down that the date didn't happen and Mm. that is as small as it sounds especially because so little is happening in our world right now Mm. that is more exhausting than people think it is. The Mm -hmm. the expectation and the letdown and the expectation and the letdown. And then what happens is you start thinking, because I thought this on Sunday, it's going to be canceled because you have an expectation that it's going to be canceled. Mm So I was like, all of this is no bueno for Mm -hmm. my little tender, soft heart. And even though I would like to see this person again, this this is not working for me. So it's not a literal interpretation of what you're talking about heart time. But I just want to say that like, I don't know, somehow you just came to me in this divine moment and you helped me find the right answer for how to deal with that situation. Oh, Jeanette, I'm so, and I'm so glad to hear you say that that resonated. I think that that is a literal definition of like hard time because it gets to be whatever resonates with you. Like that is the definition of hard time. And I remember if I, if I may share a story, um, when I sort of came up with this concept of hard time, I was sort of a late, late bloomer is a negative, sort of a negative framing. I, I didn't have sex until my mid twenties. I, um, I didn't have really many romantic partners at all, um, before then. And, and and I felt behind, like perpetually Mm. behind. And I grew up in a context where I was like waiting for marriage. Right. So, and I no longer prescribed to that belief system. And I was like, well, I, how am I going to, how do I do this? Like this was pre any sort of brazen concepts or any sort of anything like that. I I was just sort of swiping on Bumble. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm looking for. I guess I had a checklist in my head. I go, I find a guy, he speaks French. I spoke French at the time. I, (laughs) I, he's a world traveler, works for an international development organization. I used to come from that world. I was like, oh my God, how cool. Had a beard. Check, check, check. Okay. So I go on a date with him and he, this is going to get explicit really quickly. Okay. I love Juicy, so get in there. Okay. And I hope my parents don't listen, but if they do, you know, God bless. <laughs> if they found somehow the hashtags of a They podcast, honestly, they Jeanette, they comment, they comment on every goddamn thing that I post. They see everything. And, and I'm so glad that they support me. It's also like, Mom, this wasn't for you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Mo- Mom, earmuffs. Earmuffs <laughs> for the next story, please. Right. So, okay. I go on the date with this guy. I'm attracted to him. He offers to go home with me it was an, like a 4 p.m date i had to babysit after and he offers to like take me home 
immediately right then. And I was not, it was light outside. Like a little afternoon fun? I was, yes. Okay. And I had not had, I had not had sex at this point yet. And I was like, I don't think that this is, I don't think that this is like my day that I will Wait, have sex for the Wait, did he know you time. were a virgin? I don't think at that point. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't so, know if he was like, he thought okay, he was so doing you some the, kind of favor or something. Oh my God. Well, that also happened to me before. Um, <laughs> oh no. The like last night that I lived in San Francisco, I got propositioned by a guy that I had hooked up with before. Anyway, so um, we are moving on. Um, there are so many stories. And uh, okay, so I say no. And we like kiss passionately, but it was kind of like forced and like very sort of like, oh, he's a very strong kiss, whatever. Okay, so I've got my babysitting gig. We continue to chat. He reveals in the text thread that we have now engaged in that he is a dom and that he is looking to have sex with somebody who's willing to be submissive. Mm hmm. And I am very excited by that. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm talking to a man about sex. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. And I'm like turned on. I'm confused by this. So then my type A self goes on a, a couple days binge of learning about dom sub relationships, sexual relationships. I create my whole deal breakers list. I create my oh whole my. like, I know I like, I go deep you and I'm bought like, in, man. Maybe, I love it. <laughs> maybe I'm going to actually do this. Like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, you know? And I, I think it's a both and of this was very exciting for me as somebody who is sort of entering into her sexual sexuality. And I also was like, who else is going to want to have sex with me? Right. It was based in this oh, scarcity, mm, mm -hmm. you know, like, let me figure out how to make this work because this is my only option. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at this point, he did know that I had not had sex yet. I told him he he said some bullshit about, like, I think this would be good for you, you know. And, you know, so then he ghosts me. OK, perfect. After we have been talking about hooking up and getting together. OK, yes. Um, very Manhattan life. I have nothing else on the table. And uh, I was obsessively thinking about this person, this situation, my choices. What what did I do wrong to have him ghost me? Oh. And then I go to a, at the time I was going to a ballet class on the Upper East Side. I did not have much money at all. I spent my pennies on a ballet class because I love to dance. I was in a ballet class with women in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Love it. It was like five of us. And I remember being in this dance class and watching my body do these ballet moves and thinking like, Lily, you are so precious. Like Lily, you are so precious and so beautiful and what you want really matters hmm. and it's okay to want what you want. And in that moment, I think the idea of heart time was born right? This idea of like, I get to want what I want. I get to respect what I want. I don't have to push myself in any way to do anything that feels out of alignment for yeah. any reason. Yeah. And then like a couple days later, he texted me and was like, oh, sorry, I was like out of town. And I, you know, this is weeks later, do you want to get dinner? And I was like, no. You know, no, I'm fully now at a place where I'm like, no, thank you. You know, so I, I don't I hope that I, I, I've never told that story before in any, in any context or podcast episode. I, and, and so I feel a little vulnerable sharing. And I, I love this idea of heart time and that it can allow women to take up more space. 
Oh, well, thank you for your vulnerability, first of all. Second of all, I love that we got the exclusive. That makes me feel ah! really good. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, a lot of people, myself included, can resonate with that story, uh, different aspects of it. But I also just want to point out, I love that two of your most profound ideas came from a dance class yes. when you were because I think you you talk about this a couple times like moving your body and bringing yeah. your body joy and yeah. I think honestly Lily there's there's so much overlap with some of the things you talk about in your coaching and the topics that come up in conversation with artists mm -hmm. such as protecting your heart time and dealing with rejection and the mm -hmm. internal work of getting your head in the right space so that the thing that you want doesn't as you say become soul-sucking Mm -hmm. And that's very much like that's also on the table, this idea of like your, your, your mind, I really believe, especially women's bodies, they have intuition and they know. And if we can get out of our own fucking way and get out of our own head and you can listen and tap into your body, your body will tell you. Mm -hmm. And that might sound a little woo woo for people who are maybe not artists. But as we come into, I think, a new generation of people who are meditating more and are open to more teachings and spiritualities and, and trying to find happiness in this really challenging virtual society that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, it's not it's not artisty and woo woo. It's 100 percent necessary mm -hmm. for us to survive. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I echo times two. And I also want to say for people who, you know, I, I, I love the work of coach Simone soul. She does, um, this podcast and program called joyful marketing that I'm a part of. And, uh, she talks about how the phrase woo woo, like she was like, I'm no longer going to use the phrase woo woo to describe anything that I teach because my teaching, it, it's sort of like this idea of the spiritual is completely valid, you know, right. like this it's idea of like, a, it's such a judgment. You're right. It's well, like... and, and no judgment to, to anybody. I've said it a billion times. You know what I'm saying? I think that the, the idea that our body's intuition is in any way not a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we wouldn't, yeah. we, sh we shouldn't have to belittle it or say like, it's yeah. like sort of like a caveat. Like, this is about to be weird. So if you don't subscribe to it, it's okay. Or please forgive me because I'm going to say something that's out there. Like, yeah. fuck that. It's 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 another way that I think women and apologize before yeah. actually saying something that might be a little different. You know? Yeah, for sure. And think about our nervous systems and how like how much we don't know about our own. Brain brain, right? Like our nervous systems pick up on the micro muscle movements. Our eyes pick up on the micro muscle movements in people's faces. And we, we, without thinking about it cognitively, like our bodies interpret what somebody else's experience is. Yeah. Uh, obviously this is assuming, um, sort of, um, this is, this may not apply to people who are neurodivergent or, um, you know, everybody has different ways of interpreting other people and, and intuiting, um, what they need and what they want. Right. Um, both. And we are so intelligent. And I think that people don't give them enough, give themselves enough credit for how deeply they can change their own lives and change. Like if you don't like where you're at, this is a playground. We live in a literal playground where we can make decisions and like change things and shift things. And like you have, you are so much more powerful than, you know, if that resonated mm -hmm. with you. Hell yes. Hell yes. One of my kind of most favorite episodes. It's episode 66 and you talk about, you introduce the topic of ROI. So I really want to get into Ooh, this with you. Ooh, uh, yes. Because um, 
you know, in in recent years, I've been working hard to eliminate the idea of success. I put that in air quotes, which I think in our patriarchal society can be very prescriptive and very mm-hmm. linear and quite mm-hmm. honestly, very bullshit. Mm-hmm. I want to play a clip, if I may. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm shook. On it. <laughs> OK, great. So let great. me pull this up. We'll give it a go. Cool. <laughs> Why not? Do something new love for 22. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to play this little clip and would just love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. So when my client came to our one-on-one session, she was like, I just am very frustrated at the dating ROI, the return on investment, because I'm spending this time, I'm spending 20 minutes a day swiping and messaging, and I'm not getting into juicy conversations yet. And this is after maybe three weeks of being on the dating app. And uh, and then she said, this client has become so good at reframing in the moment. Then she said something magical. She was like, oh, yeah, actually, if I define dating ROI as meeting my person right now, yeah, I'm not getting a return on my investment. However, if I view date my dating return on investment as, or the if I look at What is my return on investment in knowing my deeper preferences on an intimate level? That is working. What is my ROI on being able to bless and release easily without making it mean something about me or my dating future? That's working. And when she was able to redefine her dating ROI, she was suddenly able to see the progress that she was making and see what she was in control of. And that led to her feeling lighter. That led to her feeling uh, more like I got this. Um, That led to her, um, you know, knowing that her efforts were not in vain, that, you know, dating doesn't have to feel like a constant soul suck. It can be a celebration of the work that you've done to arrive to knowing yourself more deeply and being able to set boundaries like a fucking boss in the process. So that's what I want to ask you today in this quickie episode. I want to ask you, how are you currently defining your dating return on investment? And how are you going to redefine that or reframe that to exist in a space that is more loving towards yourself and more aware of what you can actually control? Jeanette, let's just leave it at there. I've been so, I'm so grateful to be on the podcast and uh, thanks so much for having me. No, um, no, let's get into it. Okay, great. What are your thoughts? I want to hear your thoughts first. Well, like I said, I think I love the idea of reframing success and this is something that I'm actively working on. It's not like a 2022 goal or what nonsense, but I'm really in the last, I want to say like last two years, very pandemic based, but I'm trying to reframe my brain away from the linear structure of of um or the linear ladder of what it means to succeed both in my career and my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and realizing that what we were taught as in like the a b c d e f g structure of what life is meant to be and what life should look like not just for women but very much for women but as an artist as well, like, mm-hmm. because not every job leads to the next job and not mm-hmm. every job is mm-hmm. bigger than the last one. Mm-hmm. I have a really wonderful coach that I've worked with for many years named Liz Kimball. Mm-hmm. And she, she believes that life 
that that careers, um, especially with women, is cyclical because our lives are cyclical. Our, they're mm-hmm. all built around 28 days and they're built around the moon. So how can you be in a, a straight line when everything about our lives is circular, if that ah, makes sense to you? Yeah, very much so. So this reframe and then this episode came up where I was like, yes, like let's redefine success. What is success? Is success landing the person, the partner that you want to be with? Yeah. How can that be your definition of success if that is something that you literally cannot control? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So thank you, first of all, for listening to the podcast. And so, and like, and sharing that clip, that was, that's so fun. And uh, honestly, I record so many of these podcasts that I forget what I said four months ago. <laughs> so it's like, oh, cool. I, I am, I am smart. Yeah. yeah. I was like, so, okay. Um, here's the deal. Okay. So we heard about, okay, let's redefine ROI, return on investment of our time, of our money, of our, if you invest in your dating life or, or your time in your dating life. I think Jeanette, if I can use you as as an example, because I always like to work with the I, like speaking from the I, and if there's another person in the room, I want to speak to her. No, I'm here for you. Take me. Okay. So can I coach you a little bit? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So when you think about, tell me what is the previous like version of success that was driving you mad? As a single person, like in my yeah, single in life, yeah, in your dating life, yeah. Um, I think I think it's very results driven. Um, yeah, I would. I'm seeking a companion. I would like a partnership. It doesn't. I don't have to define it by saying I'd like to get married. If that happens, that would be great. But I'm not saying that's how I define the end mm-hmm. game. But I am mm-hmm. seeking a long term partnership or companion. Yeah, and I've been single for ten years. As anyone who listens to the podcast knows. I've not gotten remotely close to the thing that I desire. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I feel like I've had to let go of that as the, mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that I let go of that as the desire, but I let go of that as the goal, mm-hmm. because if I don't ever get the thing that I want, my happiness can't be entwined in that. You know? For sure. And I, in this, in this coaching moment that you've consented to, I want to, I, I want to get in the weeds of that both. And I do want to sort of reflect back what I heard, which is this idea of, you said, I have not gotten remotely close to what I want. Yes. How does that thought make you feel? Well, it's, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting. I was just exhausting, talking about this with a yeah. friend because, and I think a lot of people experience this, but this hamster wheel Right. Of like getting, you know, oh, uh, have three dates that didn't work out. We start again. Oh, this conversation feels like it's going somewhere. Okay, we're not going to meet up. Let's start again. So you're constantly, like I said, in this hamster wheel of of starting and ending and starting and ending and starting and ending. And that can feel... pointless honestly you're sort of like where is this fucking going are we just going to spin in circles for another decade right you know well it it is it is interesting this idea of spinning in circles for another decade both and this idea of everything being cyclical Ooh, i know i I was thinking that too i was like wow life is circular (laughs) that these two thoughts yeah very have very different feelings right when you said my coach says that 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 time is circular and that 
you know, the, the, there are 28 days and we, you know, nothing is linear. And that felt, you know, the feeling that I heard beneath that thought was one of peace. I heard peace. I heard like hope. I heard like, like greater trust in yourself mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then underneath the, like, am I going to be in the circle of, am I going to be in the circle of hell forever of trying and not working, trying and not working that feeling I heard you, you shared. It was like exhausting. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and, and those two sentences that you said are both thoughts. Yeah. And they're both at odds with each other a little bit. I see what you're saying. Well, we all have, none of us have in, like very clear minds that think like that, the expectation. Oh, you're saying thoughts versus feelings. I'm saying thoughts yeah. are interpretations of the world around us based on how you've learned to survive. Yeah. And, 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 and the idea that we should have positive thoughts about everything is in and of itself, a fixed mindset, linear concept, yeah. right? Yeah. So this idea that you're like, you're, of course, you're going to shift your dating ROI. You're going to shift your thoughts about your dating life. Cause that's just the, it's a piece that's evolving right now. Your thoughts about like your career, maybe you've done a lot of work about the idea of like, my career is, is flowy and like, it's not a straight line. And, and, and maybe now the invitation is like, what? Okay, so words are wands. I believe that words are magic wands and that our words really matter. The ones that we say out loud really matter. So when you say, I have not come remotely close to what I want, if we're not in control of the timing, I get that you've been single for 10 years and there are probably a lot of feelings that are wrapped up in that. And if, by the way, if you don't resonate with the, with something I say, please tell me. Like, no, no, you're, you're, the... you're in there. You're good. So <laughs> I'm with you. So when you say I have, if we're not in control of the timing, if you say I have not been remotely close to what I want, you are making a judge. Like you actually, that's a thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is an interpretation of the circumstance, which is I'm single. Right, right, right. I've, because you actually, by saying I have not been remotely close, I think that you, you might believe that to be true. That might not be true, Jeanette. Interesting. What if, it, what if it was not, <laughs> how does it make you feel the thought like, okay, backing up. So this is the work of Brooke Castillo and Carl Lowenthal, all these coaches that do thought work. So this idea that our thoughts are emotional interpretations of the world around us based on our past rejection, past trauma, and that those thoughts inspire feelings, the feeling is always valid. So if we're talking about redefining the ROI, I think it's important first to look at your thoughts about quote, success. Look at the thoughts, take inventory, and then notice how your what's the feeling is in your body. So backing up a little bit, mm-hmm. I know I'm a little bit all over the, where this is some complex you, shit we're talking about. So if we look at just the feeling in your body that that, that thought produces that, you know, it's, it's, it's not here. It hasn't been here. It's I'm not remotely close. How would you describe that one word sensation in your body? Hmm. Let's see. Um, my body, I would say it's a, uh, closed off feeling. Mm -hmm. Where is that in your body? Definitely central Mm -hmm. around the heart, Mm -hmm. lungs ish area. So if you like took a breath into that feeling, what else do you notice about that feeling? I feel like there's resistance there for sure. Mm -hmm. But as I understand, and I'm sure you do too, I'm always paying attention to where the resistance is because that's 
those are lessons. Like you're like, yeah. oh, oh, why is that uncomfortable? Why am yeah. I, what's, right. why is there a disconnect there? Yeah. You know, like maybe that's the stuff that needs a little more attention and some love this year. Yeah. One, one more question about that feeling in your chest. Does it have a shape or a color? It didn't when I thought of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like prescribe something that wasn't just, just to put it there. Um, so I'll say no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what this is, what this is, is like processing, like the thoughts that you're having are emotional interpretations. The feelings are always valid. And when people try to force themselves, when I previously have tried to force myself into a new thought, like I describe that as toxic positivity, this idea of like, (laughs) I define my own success. I am successful without first processing the feeling associated with the original thought. Ooh, yeah. Then I get nowhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The new thoughts, the new ROI can come when I take care of my body when she's feeling hard feelings by practicing self-compassion saying, oh, wow, I'm feeling this like really tightness and anxiety in my chest. I love the thought and saying it out loud. I'm willing to feel anything to be with you. Like saying that out loud to myself. Because the feelings of disappointment, it hasn't happened yet. This thing that I want hasn't arrived yet. The feelings of discouragement, the feelings of anxiety, the feelings of those are all valid and you get to feel your way through them. They're not facts. They're not going to consume you. I think that people get stuck in a vicious cycle of toxic positivity or a seesaw, I like to call it, of like, I want to find my partner. No, my success is in how I feel in my dating life. Seesaw, seesaw, back and forth, back and forth. The way that you can get off of that seesaw into sort of a new orientation, uh, I, I call it sort of like just shifting a little bit to the right, right? Like we're not going to change. We're just going to like shift your perspective a little bit by getting off the seesaw, by processing the feelings in your body associated with the, you know, quote, negative thought of like, it hasn't happened yet. Process mm-hmm. that feeling, like honor your feel, honor your body, allow that feeling to flow and pass. And then you can ask yourself what else might be true. What else might be true? Might it be true that my, that I am in charge of my life, that I am in the driver's seat of my thoughts, that I get to measure success and how bold I am in asking for what I want, that I get to be courageous. And I find that actually extremely valuable and legacy breaking. You know how many women in my family didn't get to ask for what they wanted because of the patriarchy, because of economic inequality. Uh, You know how many, you know how legacy breaking this work of like, so that can be my success, but you can only, I think authentically, I can only get there when I've allowed myself to process the original like deep feelings of hurt and pain that might be associated with that original interpretation yeah damn lily <laughs> you're out you're just like spitting wisdom right and left i'm like in a trance over here oh my god i'm like taking notes no this is wonderful this is beautiful work I, um it's really uh transcendental uh, because i think also I, I brought you on as a podcast guest but honestly we haven't talked about this work from a, a mindset perspective or mindset mm. shift we talk about mindset um shift but your approach is unique um and and touches on a, a lot of different facets and different ideologies and coachings from other coaches which i think mm-hmm. is phenomenal um and I, I think i think a lot of people will, will get a lot out of this episode just in the few questions that we've addressed or the few episodes or concepts we've addressed mm-hmm. um and i i hope that they will 
I hope if you're listening, you are enjoying this as much as I am. I'm like, I think I want to be coached by Lily. Oh my Help God. Me. I would love Jeanette, to, for you to join that. I would be honored to have you join the Brazen Breakthrough. It is such a, a wonderful room full of badass women from around the world who are saying to themselves like they're willing to admit like yeah fuck yeah i'm whole right now without a relationship both and i get to honor with what i desire with empowered action Mm. Uh, so like oh god that's just me in a in a nice bow there you go and i think that I think if anybody takes anything from this conversation in this episode, I hope that they take that their ability to feel how they want to feel, which is hopefully free and empowered and self-trust filled, that ability to feel that way is directly linked to how you hold yourself in compassion when you do feel complicated feelings, how you allow yourself, how, when you say like, I'm willing to feel any feeling to be with you saying that to yourself can completely change your life. And then from that place, we can, we can create a tactical action plan so you can be your own matchmaker. And it starts with how do you allow yourself to be, um, the queen of your domain and how you take care of yourself first, and then let that flow into action taking that is aligned and courageous and attracts more. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. One one quick takeaway. I want to finalize, but I want to get some more information on, on how people can work with you if they're interested. But yeah. just to wrap up, I want to hear from you, Lily, you personally, your heart. Uh, what is like a favorite moment or episode or mm. guest or uh, something that has brought you meaning and joy in doing the podcast for yourself? Yeah, so two. Um, episode 69 with Simone Soul. I mentioned her earlier. She is one of my most powerful mentors, I feel. And so she came on the podcast to talk about her concept of winning results versus goals. So uh, I think that, that that I, I think it's so related to what we're talking about. That was one of my favorite podcasts. And I also felt really honored to bring her on because I like being coached by her is such an honor. And so having her on was a thrill. And I think that that episode is also about processing feelings of shame, which is so important to dating. Mm. Um, and, and then secondly, another episode that changed my life. I love it so much is my episode with Stephanie, um, episode 75. She is a, a client of past client of mine. And she came in after she came into work with me after experiencing such a hard, soul sucking relationship, um, in which she didn't get to, she didn't feel she got to ask for what she needed. She was minimizing her needs. And so that podcast episode was all about our journey, her journey really to owning what she wanted without the fear that it didn't exist and Mm -hmm. how to do that and how to really ask for more and, and fundamentally ask how to learn how to ask for more in every facet of her life. So that's a really good episode too. Phenomenal. Lily, you're so great. I'm so glad that we we finally reached across the internet aisle um, <laughs> and got to meet each other as human beings. Yes, yeah, so nice to meet you. You're doing such great work. I know that every episode you help people feel less alone. And so um, I, I just want to commend you for, for the work that you're putting out there. Thank you. And you as well. So tell people if they're, if you guys, if you're interested in working with Lily, obviously highly, highly recommend. I'm considering it myself. Um, tell people how they can find you and how they can work with you. 
Amazing. So obviously the Date Brazen podcast is where all of the gorgeous, gorgeous girls hang out, um, gorgeous humans. Uh, and also I have this guide to make dating feel like self-care. If people want to get on my email list and want this free journal basically that I've created um, with three pillars of creating a dating life that feels like self-care, I can provide that link and then we can hang out every single week. Uh, and the Brazen Breakthrough is my coaching program uh, that I run quarterly and it is such a party. We move through in four months, we have weekly group coaching. We illuminate your deeper essence-based preferences, your patterns of thought. We, we create new thoughts that allow you to own your worthiness and own your power. Then in month two, we move into building a tactical strategy based on the reflective work that you've done. Everything flows from your deeper essence-based preferences. So you feel in the driver's seat every step of the way. Month three, you begin to actively date with the community. You start trusting your intuition. Month four, you're dating with all of these incredible women. You say things like, I can't believe how excited I am to go on this date. I can't believe how easily I blessed and released that person. I can't believe how little mind drama I have about this whole dating thing. I can't believe how easily I just asked for that raise, right? So it's like all of the juiciness that we've been talking about times 10 in the Brazen Breakthrough. And you can get on the wait list for the Brazen Breakthrough at datebrazen.com. Killer. Oh my God. <laughs> so much juicy info. I can't wait. Yes. Please send me that, um, that guide. I'll be happy to link that for you guys, Wonderful. um, in the episode description and, uh, and you know where to find Lily. So I hope you connect with her and I hope you find some of her teachings as positive and reinforcing and encouraging and valuable as I have in this last hour. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, guys, if you found this episode helpful and you have a single pal that could really use some positivity in their life and some profound wisdom as Lily has shared with us, please consider sharing it with them. And if you liked it, please consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening right now. And if you're feeling very bold, go ahead and give us a nice, beautiful five-star review. Come and join us in the conversation over on Instagram at hashtag singlepod. That's it for this episode, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>